Hey, and how the freak are you? This is Street Smart Sports Podcast brought to you again by myself, Zach Stevens, and our co-host, Ross Blythe. Ross, how are we on this emotional Saturday? It's been a whirlwind of a week, Zach. Yeah. Um, you know, I have two staples in my head. <laughs> we, uh, <laughs> we have been trying to find Popeye sandwiches, but... The only thing that's making this Saturday better is that we have a very special guest on today. We do have a very very special guest. Uh, hailing from uh, Norman, Oklahoma, um, the Sooner uh, capital of the state. Um, none other than my oldest brother, Cameron Stevens. Cameron, how, how the freak are you? I'm doing all right. You're doing all right? How is, uh, you know, you're on the front lines uh, at OU. How is our football team, just briefly, how are, how are they looking so far? Uh, they're looking pretty good. We got a, a lot of talent in the skill positions, a little bit worried about the defense, but I think uh, Alex Grinch, the new defense coordinator, I think he's going to turn some things around. I'm um, a little skeptical on Jalen right now but I don't think he'll live up to the hype as much as everyone thinks he's going to but I think he'll be good enough to get us to the college football playoff yeah I agree I think I can speak on behalf of all the OU football fans um, that we are more anticipating Spencer Rattler next year than we are for Jalen this year um, so enough about you know sports that's not what our podcast name is about but let's talk about Popeyes because I I so desperately wanted to get my opinion out and, and let you know what we here at Street Smart Sports thought about the Popeye's chicken sandwich. And, and we, you know what? We did some canvassing, Ross, both you and I, this morning. We, we sure did. Because how many Popeye's locations did you go to? I went to two. You went to two? That's mm -hmm. funny, because I also went to two. And did you find anything other than a you know copier sheet of paper sign with some pencil on it that says no sandwich, no sandwich, no sandwich? Unfortunately not, because otherwise I'd be sinking my gorgeous white teeth into them at this point. Yeah, well, I would, I would hope I would be too. But you know what? We came up. No, we did not come up short. We put every single bit of effort we possibly could have in the OKC Metro slash Edmond area and could not find one singular sandwich. You're telling me. That Popeyes, after all that has blown up on Twitter, after everything that the internet has made this sandwich out to be, you would have thought that they would have put in a larger order of chicken sandwiches to all their restaurants. Well, here's the deal. Here's here's why this is asinine and, and doesn't make any sense. <clears throat> it is a chicken sandwich, right? They're, Popeyes is, is a chicken restaurant. Louisiana <coughs> Kitchen, Okay. How hard is it to go to your local Walmart and go pick up some freaking buns and, and or just some chicken breast or some chicken breast? Shoot, pull them off the grill. <laughs> Throw a couple tenders on that sandwich and call it a night. Yeah, I don't even care at this point. Yeah. And on the other hand, we we in fact are are delving ourselves into some Chick Fil A as a result of Popeyes dropping the absolute ball. And, and anything that they could have possibly gotten out of me as a customer. I had a craving for a chicken sandwich, and Popeye's missed it. Yeah. And Chick-fil-A, as always, filled the void. They, as they, the as chicken sandwich-sized void that was inside my stomach. Yes. Now, our special guest, Cameron, he is you know a connoisseur in all things chicken. Um, so what do you think about this whole you know Popeye's debacle going on right now? It upsets me because I love Popeyes. Do you? I would even venture to say I like Popeyes more than I like Chick Fil A. That is d dangerous waters right there. Hot takes. That is, <laughs> but that is what we are known for here in hot takes. The chicken is better at Popeyes, so the sandwich should be better. In theory. In, in theory. theory. But they lack the service. Oh, oh, they do. That Chick Fil A has. Yes, and. That is one thing that I will never forget is rolling up with childlike wonder to a Popeye's waiting for a chicken sandwich and given nothing other than a sheet of paper taped to the drive through window with some pencil writing <laughs> on the paper 
And you know what they did on one of the locations, Ross? They did like this whole spacing thing where it was like on the top half of the paper, middle of the paper, and then bottom, and then filled the gaps with the, another sentence they wanted to say. So the first three things were no sandwich, no sandwich. And then in between it, it was like no drive through must walk inside. And I'm like, you think this is the best way to convey that your drive through is not working? And like, you should probably just, you know, th there should be a protocol other than just sticking a copy or sheet of paper up onto a freaking drive through screen. At that point, you might as well just write F-U on the piece of paper, <laughs> take yeah. it to the menu, because and don't say, care. sorry, we don't care about you. <laughs> I'm curious, Zach, did yours, did the Popeyes that you ventured to this morning, did they have a time frame on when the sandwiches would be back? No, they did not. Mine, literally, both of mine that I went to said, sorry for the inconvenience, we are sold out until further notice. Further notice? Did they say that to you or was that the sign that, that was, was on the That was the sign. I didn't even make it. I just drove past the window. Oh, okay. Well, I thought the sign was a, fr I thought it was f fake. I thought, I thought that it wasn't real. Like, I was like, maybe they're just trying to deter people away. Like, and so I asked the lady I, and she was like, what do you want? And I was like, what do you mean what I want? Like, I want a chicken sandwich. First of all, like, how dare all, you? I'm like, I'm like, first of all, good morning. Second of all, I'm ready for a freaking chicken sandwich. And I was like, hey, I don't mean to bother you, but is the sign still like in place? Is it, is it valid? And she was like, yeah. What what did you want? And I was like, oh, I'm going to go. Well, I, I'll see you later. <laughs> I don't want anything anymore. My pleasure to leave. My pleasure to freaking leave. The soothing my pleasure from Chick-fil-A makes the sandwich taste better. Oh, yeah. Oh, mm -hmm. it does. Just the overall service in general makes it a better sandwich. Mm -hmm. And it is good. I mean, it's a good sandwich. And they're fast. They are fast. They're ridiculously fast. I remember one one experience I had at Popeye's, among many, was... <laughs> <laughs> just to give you my background in Popeye's here... I, uh, I once spent a good 35 minutes in the drive-thru waiting for a three-piece tender meal. When I get to the window, I'm just sitting there, okay? And they come out and have the audacity to tell me that the fryers stopped working. What do you mean? I have been sitting here. For 35 minutes, and you're just now coming out to tell me that the fryers aren't working? That would never happen at Chick-fil-A. Never. You would get someone running, running out of a Chick-fil-A with an iPad in hand, ready to tell you that they were sorry for the inconvenience, and that a another sister store was having a delivery man send your exact order from the other location and bringing it to you. I'm convinced they would create a wood fire out in the parking lot <laughs> to, to fry the chicken out right in front of you if that ever happened. And all of that is very valid. Very valid. Oh, gosh. Because Chick-fil-A is the apple of chicken restaurants. Popeye's is more like the the like LG, like it's serviceable at yeah. some points. Like they have some good products, but like overall you're not really going to get the experience you want. Yeah, Cameron, what'd you say about Popeye's in comparison to Chick-fil-A? Popeye's is the redneck version of Chick-fil-A. <laughs> that is that is true. That is so it true. It really is the redneck and you know what you're getting. I mean I shouldn't have been surprised today, but I was because you know what? I, I was expecting something and then I was slapped in the face with a copier sheet of paper. And uh, that was what I got for lunch today um, until my my wife brought us lunch from the superior Chick-fil-A. The superior. Vastly superior. Always will be. Anyways, so enough about Chick-fil-A and Popeyes. They don't deserve to come out of my mouth anymore, Popeyes. Um, just on, people can't get things right, Ross people, and Cameron. People can't get things right. And where whereas Popeye should have had a protocol for, you know what? We're dying as a business, okay? And in case this, you know, people want to come and get the sandwich, we should probably be ready and have enough in stock to supplement the need. Especially once it blew up on Twitter. Exactly. And... Just 
I don't care where the bun is from. I just go to Walmart and go get it. Um, but that is my dog in the background. You can hear it. But anyway, <clears throat> anyways, um, there is another event that has happened where someone should have just checked. Someone should have been supervising this. And that is the Raiders and Packers trip up north to Canada. Now, this is a preseason game, and and they were going up to Canada where the CFL plays, and they wanted to have a preseason game. There's going to be Packers versus the Raiders. They get there, and lo and behold, they forgot that the CFL plays football differently than the NFL does. And that key difference is that the goalposts are in the middle of the freaking end zone, making it impossible for us to play an actual NFL game there because they tried to cover it up with a hole, like with a, a patch of grass. There's a giant hole in the ground. Serious? <laughs> There's a freaking hole. Somebody steps in that thing, you snap, snap, you're done. Yeah, so they decided, okay, this isn't regulation. We're not going to let our players do this. So what are we going to do? Well, we're going to make the 10-yard line the end zone, making it an 80-yard field with no kickoffs or anything like that. For a bunch of grown men. For a bunch of grown men. How, how does this go completely unnoticed? What happened? The NFL has had a horrible track record these last couple years of trying to go out of the state's to play a football game. Do you remember last year when the Chiefs and the Rams were supposed to play in Mexico City? Yes, and there was an issue there. And the field was just completely torn up and Mm -hmm. unplayable. And now this debacle, it makes me wonder if the NFL actually goes to these places and checks out the the conditions beforehand. Right, like who's in charge of checking that? Yeah. The one thing I will say about the NFL preseason is that people are starting to figure out that no one cares. Exactly. Yes. No one. No one cares, and they. That's why they aren't going to check these fields or do anything that they need to do beforehand because no one. No one wants a four game NFL preseason. You they're they're that, over it. Yeah. Nobody. None. Of, no stars are going to be playing. No yeah. starters are going to be playing in any of these games. Well, and here's the deal. If you do play a starter, you have an issue where you run into, like, what if they get hurt? Like Cam, Cam Newton. Newton. Yeah. Cam Newton got hurt. And, like, why are you playing him? It is preseason. Why yeah. would you do that? I think there's going to be a real discussion about either cutting it in half or just figuring something else about preseason because it's just pointless. Hear me point. out here. I have an idea. Okay. What if we went to an 18-game schedule with two bye weeks in the NFL? Yeah. And started the season around this, like, what would be week three of the preseason, so like this weekend. Hey, I'm all for it. Oh, I'm all with for more else. football. Yeah. I mean, anything we can get into some real competition and, and start playing some more games rather than just patty caking around in this preseason crap. I mean, it's hard to it's hard to watch preseason football. It's yeah. It's really hard to watch. Really I watched the Browns and uh, the Buccaneers play last night. A crisp thirteen to twelve game. That was a, that was a tough watch right there, man. I you had guys taking snaps that didn't even take snaps in college. Yeah. At this point. Yeah. It's rough. It is rough. But um, thankfully, we have um, you know college football starts today, this evening. Some real football, and it's uh, Miami versus Florida. Um, <clears throat> I'm on, you know. The U has not been the U for a long time. A long, long time. And it's always this fan base, this delusional fan base that comes up and is like, this is the year, we come back to be the U, and we have the turnover chain. And I just don't think, I, I don't think this year is the year. Um, this is similar to like what we get in the Big 12 with Texas Tech, where Texas Tech's like, this is it, man. We're going to get that defense under control, and... We're going to come up and be a top three team with be in the Big 12. But nevertheless, they are stinking it up at the bottom with Kansas. Um, so I think Florida's going to play, you know, I, I, I think they're going to run them over pretty easily. What do you think? I think so. Weren't <clears throat> Didn't Miami start off really good last year and then they just kind of fell off, kind of crapped the bed mm-hmm. at the end of the year? Yeah. So, I, yeah, I, I, I think Florida – 
probably wins this game unless Miami just comes out and just punches them in the throat. Mm-hmm. But what do they have on offense? Who, Miami? Yeah. I'm not even sure. I I'm really not you. sure. Miami's not all that great offensively. They're they're a defensive-based team, like you said, with a turnover chain, and they're a lot of mm-hmm. high, but they play a lot of momentum football. They don't really have an identity. But that's how I kind of feel with Florida, too. Florida's overrated to me, and they always, they always seem to rate Florida just like USC. USC is another team where they're always like, this is the year, yeah, and we're going to rank them number three, number four, five, whatever, and you won't even see them in the top 25 at the end of, at the, end of the year. So Florida will still, in my opinion, win the ball game, but it won't be by as much as what people think it will be, and Florida won't amount to their preseason ranking of number seven. Yeah, I think we agree. Oh yeah, I think you hit on something really good there about Florida being overrated, as well as USC. It's a lot of these teams that were really good in the early two thousands and did a lot and won some championships, and that now are kind of reeling and waiting to to get you know back up to that pedestal they were. And the AP poll and and everyone thinks that they're still you know this program where there there's really no evidence to support that. Yeah, I no. mean, <clears throat> the US USC's been a laughing stock the past you know a couple of years. Like you said, Florida, there's really not much to show for them. I mean, no. I don't think they'll stay in the top ten at all. You know, as the season progresses, they're at eight right now. I don't. I wouldn't be surprised to see them out of the fifteen, out of you know, between fifteen and twenty. I mean, I, I think they they could hang around there. So, but granted, I'm just I'm excited for college football, regardless of you know um, whether it'll be you know in a sign of whether Florida is going to be a, a contention for this year and, you know, in the playoff or anything. But it'll just be a good game. Uh, I think it'll be closer, like Cam said. I think it'll be closer than people think it will be. Um, Nerves will be high, and uh, it'll be good to watch. So, um, you know, we – as we talk about Popeyes and their debacle and, you know, lack of decision – you know, lack of good decision-making, and as well as, you know, whoever was in charge of, you know, finding the 80-yard field and – you know, just letting that happen and not checking the ground and seeing that it was not regulation and ending up having this weird football game where you didn't have any kickoffs and it was an 80-yard field. Um, we, you know, with preseason not being super exciting, you know, um, there's not a whole lot to talk about sports-wise. And these horrible ideas and sort of, you know, not, not fully thought-out ideas um, got us thinking – and we're going to do a segment called Half-Baked Ideas. Half-Baked Ideas meaning, you know, could they be real and could they be a possibility? Yes. But in actuality, like, will they ever pan out? Probably not. Unless we just stumble upon some gold gold mine of an idea here at this pod, this brainstorming session we've got going on here. Um, so... And this idea comes, comes from the Bill Simmons podcast. You know, you should go check them out. But... Okay, and so this is our first segment of uh, Half-Baked Ideas. Now, I'm going to start it off with uh, an idea that struck me, you know, as I've been working in the field, you know, out and about, I've been seeing need for this. And uh, I don't know if we can get this patented or what, but it's called Response Today. Response Today. Now, what this is, is this is a recording device, also an audio, you know, it can, it can produce sound. Now, if, if you're working in an office or if you're, you know, around people where, you know, there are just miscellaneous conversations happening, this could even be provided at home, you know, if you were at the house and you needed to just, you know, not actually talk. What this does is it takes your voice and actually provides just general generic responses that are neutral to any conversation. So... Say someone says, hey, Zach, can you make a copy of this for me? And I'd be like, right on. You know, isn't there a need for that? These are responses that I hate making on a daily basis. Just that little bit of emotional energy that just sets you over the edge and just makes your day a little bit worse. Like you have a finite number of those responses that you can have in one day. Yes. And if I go over that limit, I become pissy. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. And, and, you know, conversations like, Zach, you really should have gotten that done, man. And you're just like, 
awesome. <laughs> what, happens, awesome. what happens if it like malfunctions and it's something like, I don't know, like, hey, uh, you're going to have to stay late tonight. And it's like, awesome. Or like, <laughs> like something like that. Yeah. And then you're seen leaving your office early and they're like, wait, wait a minute. Zach, what? <laughs> Yeah, something like that. It could go wrong, but you know what? I think the benefits outweigh, you know, gaining that little, just that satisfaction of retaining that emotional energy, you know, not having to always just those little blurbs of, of responses, you know, just the social cues and, you know, just things that you're supposed to say. Now, you, yeah, of course, yes, you couldn't get into trouble. If you get fired through the door, like Zach, you're not doing a good enough job. I'm going to need you to pack up your stuff and leave. And he's like, you're the best person ever. I'm so glad you told me that. <laughs> Something like that. Something along the lines. Response today. Response today. Now, I have another one, but I want to wait until you guys, if you have something. Nothing. So, I've got one more. And, um, uh, here we go. <laughs> so, how many, have you guys ever taken Uber before? Have yes. you ever taken Uber before? Yes. Yes. Now, I've only, I've taken Uber once or twice. Now, I, at any point, I'm weary of getting in a car with a stranger. Whether it's a, sometimes it's a friend or, you know, someone that I don't really know all that well. Just because I'm a cautious driver. I, I'm a very cautious driver. And I feel that sometimes Ubers go out of their way to go fast on the, on the road to get, I don't know if it has anything to do with their pay or anything like that, but hear me out. We solved this problem by gluber. 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 Glue meaning slow. A slow Uber. You get in the car. You you if you're like me, you get in the car and you plan for plenty of time to get to the airport. Plenty of time, and so you're like, you you know, Tasha. Stop driving so fast. We, 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 have, we literally have all day. We can get there. I don't need you to go 70 down the highway. We could go, we could go the minimum speed limit on the highway, which is crisp 55, cruising in the passing lane. Gluber. You think... <laughs> In my experience, I have gone, been in Ubers where they drive too fast. Too fast. Too fast. Like, borderline, I'm a fast driver. Yeah. So this and would provide safety and comfort. Yeah, I want to. There's been, there's been several circumstances where I've been uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> by, to, by either the appearance of the driver <laughs> or the way he drives. <laughs> Yeah, I once took an Uber in Chicago, and the guy was going about 65 on Chicago streets, like, swerving through traffic. I'm like, I don't even see these openings that you're creating at this point. <laughs> yeah. T- is it talent or recklessness? It's so, the so perfect it's mix fine of line. <laughs> It's a fine line between that. Oh, gosh. Okay. Um, and last but not least, I have one more. And this is my favorite one. This is my favorite one. If you didn't like the other two, you should love this one. You should love this one. Now, it's called hype, okay? It's called hype. And it's similar to like a, you know, where someone has to sign up to do it. You're like, okay, I want to be a delivery driver, like, or for, uh, what is that called? Like Uber Eats or um, Postmates or something like that? Or you're going to apply like Uber and stuff like that. Like you can say like, okay, I want to do this. You can apply for hype. You know, this isn't, you know, anyone can do this. Um... As you know, I've learned a lot of things as I've been in the professional field. Uh, one of those is that there is a lot of like team meetings, you know, a lot of team meetings where you're surrounded by people you work with. Um, now, something that we run into sometimes is we have low energy levels in those meetings. Okay, low energy levels. Not a lot of encouragement. You know, I'm a words of affirmation guy. I need you to tell me that you think I'm doing the best job on the entire planet or else I think you hate me. I'm just kidding. But, um, so, where hype comes in is say you have a bunch of, uh, let's say, uh, you have a bunch of video game producers, 
video game, you know, you're in charge of coding, you're in charge of doing blah, blah, blah. Now, when I look for a video game coder, I'm not looking for some exuberant guy that is just gonna like, you know, with a lot of charisma and is gonna be able to lift up a room full of sad saps, okay? I look for, it, it, it's always coding first. Coding first, personality second. Hear me out. You get a guy from Hype, okay? They're having a, you're having a, you're having a group of video game coding meetings. You've got about 10 guys around the room. In comes this guy in Hype, and he's dressed like he is a video game coder, coding person. And he is just high energy all the time. And, and say they had a long week the week before. It's a, it's a Monday, and everyone doesn't want to be there. And he comes in, and he is just, he's like, wow, guys, way to go. He's like, Bob, what a fantastic job you did on that. What a, that was so good. Aren't, aren't we just like the best team? You guys are so good. Like, I'm so glad you're a part of this organization. Like, honestly, like, let's get going, guys. Like, like let's go. Hype. <laughs> Hype. The guy has no idea what coding. He's like, you did such a good job of putting that X and the two and... Yeah, those yeah. numbers. Those numbers. No one good. but you could have done that, Jerry. No one but you. That's why we hired you. Oh, and then your energy's up. Then that guy just turns around and leaves. Hype. Is that all he's hired for? Oh yeah, he's just there to get the morale up. So once somebody starts smiling, then he's like, "Ah, job's done." Oh yeah, he's gone. He's gone. Yeah, like he never. Like he was like never a there. fairy. Like a yeah, like a. Like a guardian angel sorts of like know, a person. like a weird like two fairy figure. Yeah, yeah. So he just goes in there, say have a bunch of say have a bunch of uh, mechanics, a bunch of and we have uh, you know your your monthly mechanics meeting, and no one wants to be there, <laughs> but you get hype to come in. He's like, you did such a good job on that oil change. <laughs> I saw the way you were working that wrench. I saw the way, I saw the way you, you put that spark plug in there. <laughs> I saw the way you changed that tire. It's a real NASCAR job. Hype. Hype. <laughs> I think of all the ones. That That's one, the best one. That one we can do. That, that, one, that one is feasible. I would. If you guys, if any of you out there that are listening are business people and you want to steal that idea, (laughs) call me. Royalties. (laughs) Call royalties. Yeah. This isn't free. This isn't a free handout, people. You have to pay for my ideas. Speaking of horrible teamwork and collaboration, though, as what hype solves, um, Marvel and Sony have crushed my dreams personally um i don't know how to feel about it i've sort of been in a lull since i found out it happened i haven't been the same uh since i found out that spider-man might not be coming back with marvel and you know and all of that um it's a result of negotiations between marvel slash disney and sony sony thinks that they deserve more or maybe marvel deserves more but Regardless, Tom Holland's at stake, people. Tom Holland is at stake. The best Spider-Man ever. We might be done from the MCU. Yeah. What What the heck is up with that? I mean, Carl, are you kidding me? I'm like, you know what, Disney? You've made so much money. Just, like, yeah. let it happen. Yes. Like, Get the fans really what they want. To, yes. Like, honestly. do you really need another movie to hit multi-billion? Like, and it will, just because people love him as Spider-Man. Yeah. I mean, look what he did with... Far from home, made over yeah. a billion. Yeah, just give the people what they want. Give them what give, give, if you give, give the people what they, what they want. want they'll, they'll go see movies. They'll go see. They'll go see them and they'll pay d- money for your movies. D- it's simple as that. Simple math. Simple, simple math. math. <laughs> Cameron, do you think that Tom Holland is the best Spider-Man? I'm gonna have to disagree with oh, you. Oh my! Goodness. Now it's not by it's. I don't have anything against him. It's I'm I'm not. A big fan of change. Oh. I'm still heartbroken that every Joker 
that has been in oh any movie in the past few years is absolutely awful. Oh, I agree with that. 100%. Facts. And so Spider-Man, oh, what was his name? First Tobey Maguire. Tobey Maguire. After Tobey Maguire, whoever those fools were, <laughs> just ruined it for me. Mm-hmm. So then when Tom Holland came in, I was like, this is just another fool. Mm-hmm. It, there will never be another good Spider-Man. And he's starting to warm up to me. I feel like he'll eventually be my favorite. But right now, Tobey Maguire still has has your heart. Has my heart. Yeah, I I tend to agree. You know, it took me a while to get over the Tobey Maguire breakup. You know, I I was reeling for a little bit, and especially with Andrew Garfield when he came out, I was like, "You're a fake. forgettable. You're a fake. No, get out." But I I like this guy. I think he'll be really good, and I think they these movies are better produced and. And things like that, but these stupid companies that they fight over money like this, where Marvel, like you said, Ross, Marvel doesn't necessarily need the extra cash flow. They have so much other stuff that they can be doing. Let Sony, if they want, to just take a little bit more of it. Like, sorry, it doesn't seem like that hard of a. It doesn't. What else does Sony do? I mean, honestly, Spider Man's really their only thing. Like, just let them literally let them have this. It's like their only good movie. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, can't, I can't think of anything else Sony does besides PlayStation. Yeah, <clears throat> true. That's true. It. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and so hopefully that gets resolved soon. But uh, you know, who knows with that? Who knows what's going to happen? Um, speaking of you know resolving things, Zeke and. Um, Jerry Jones just can't, I can't figure it out, man. I don't know what is going Z-Koo? on over there. Ziku, yeah, Jeez. for real. There was apparently an offer on the table to make him the second highest paid running back in the league. Um, and if he doesn't accept that deal, I think we just need to say, okay, you really want to sit out of season? Why don't you go ahead and you stay in Cabo. You stay there. Mm-hmm. Um, because there are other guys that need to be paid. I, I don't agree. Here's the thing. I think that, you know... I think that Zeke needs to be paid his money. That is not the question. That is that is not the question. I think the timing of it is is really bad. He has two years left on his deal when we have Dak Prescott and, and Amari Cooper and other guys that their contracts are up this year. So we need to figure out what they're going to be paid first before we worry about Zeke. Mm-hmm. And so on his part, I feel like that's a lot. That's very selfish. Um, and I... I have a hard time sticking up for him. You know, I side with Jerry more than I do Zeke. Cam, what do you think about what all this? Well, I'm about to take a completely different turn here. Okay, do it. So, you have to look from Zeke's perspective. Running backs don't have long careers. Yes, they don't. And a running back like Zeke will not have a long career. Right. He's running the ball 20 times a game, catching it. No less than five times a game. So 25 plays, just him carrying the ball, he's getting hit over and over. And he's getting hit hard. He's a hard runner. And I don't know how you guys feel about this, but Zeke, to me, is why the Cowboys work. It's not Dak. It's not Amari. Now, they help, but because Zeke is so good and teams have to stack the box against that line and Zeke – that helps Dak and Amari's connection. Now, with Zeke not having a long career and he still has two years left on his deal, he's trying to secure the bag before an injury happens, before they start to, like you said, they need to put money other places. He's trying to make sure. He's scared that he's not going to get his deal and that he's just going to be hung out to dry. And I think he's also threatening them. If they don't sign this deal... This, this deal that's going to make him the second highest paid running back or give him a new one and make him the highest paid, which I think is what they should do, um, then I think he won't come back. He'll run, he'll, he'll run out his deal and he won't sign back with the Cowboys and he'll go somewhere else. Yeah, I agree with, you know, I, where Zeke's perspective, and I can understand where he's coming from, but I think we have to look at the league as a whole and – how valuable are running backs, elite level running backs now in today's NFL? Are they are they necessary to get you to 
a Super Bowl and to win a Super Bowl. Now, we had the Rams last year who had Todd Gurley, who is, yes, who is one of the top two. I'd say Zeke and, and Todd Gurley are the best running backs in football right now. Now, <clears throat> the Rams made it with Todd Gurley, but he was hurt towards the end, and so it's it's hard to say whether if you have a hurt if you have a healthy Gurley, do they win that game? I don't know. Um, but I am just hesitant because yes, we have that offensive line that gets Zeke, you know, a lot of, and it is a lot of Zeke. Zeke Zeke does he is a fantastic running back, but do we get sort of? I know we won't get as much production, but do we get enough production from another guy to where it sort of discredits the value that we may have? If we sign this deal with him, if we make him the highest paid running back in the league and the value we get is not that much higher than that of a backup or that of like an Alfred Morris playing, is it worth it? Is, is it worth it? Because I agree that Zeke's running game allows Dak to get, you know, to open up the defense because they'll have to bring so many guys in the box to try and stop that run. And then you have Amari Cooper, and now you have Jason Witten at the tight end who can is also a pass threat. Um, but I don't know. I, I don't think that Dak Prescott is a franchise quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. I don't think Dak Prescott is, is that good. Um, he's been helped out a lot. But I do really like Amari Cooper. I really like Amari Cooper, and I like Gallup. Gallup is a rookie, or not a rookie anymore, but last year he – he was a rookie coming out and played really, really well. So I don't know. The Cowboys are in a weird spot right now. Yeah, I, I think they are. And the reason I'm not sold on Amari yet is he was he was great when he first got to Oakland, and then he kind of started to slow down a little bit with Derek Carr, who, in my opinion, is a better quarterback than Dak Prescott. I know he's going through a lot right now with whatever <clears throat> Gruden is trying to fix over there, but. Um, I think for me, I like to see two years of things before I before I make a decision because the Cowboys receivers were so dysfunctional and bad with Des Bryant and his whole debacle, and then they lost Cole Beasley. Mm-hmm. So now we're like, oh, we have this is Amari Cooper. He made a few plays, like got open on a few routes, and that looks good because they don't have anyone else on that team doing that. Yeah. And that, so you're like, oh, we're they're grasping at straws. Like, what, what are the Cowboys' identity? Oh, like Amari Cooper made a play. Like, oh, he made another play, and it looks really good. And now teams are going to come in, and they've seen how Amari plays with Dak, and how they're going to have to manage Zeke as well. And they'll be able to come in more prepared for that than they did last year. Yeah, I always agree with the double, the two year thing because you even see it with you know, breakout pitchers in the MLB. They have a stud first year, and then the second year, teams know how to prepare, and they can look at some film. Uh, same thing for football. You can look at it in um, <clears throat> two-year spans and be ready for the next time you'll face them. Um, yeah, I I agree. You know, Mar- I, I am, I'm a little bit higher on Amari than, um, than you are, but, again, like, we're just going to wait and see, like, what happens. And, I agree that Derek Carr is a better quarterback than Dak Prescott. I don't think Dak Prescott is better than Derek Carr. Derek Carr has more tools in his wheelhouse than he does. Yeah. Just plays on a worse team. He just plays on a worse team. Yeah, and I saw some guy, is an ESPN analyst, that said that the, the Oakland Raiders are legit this year. Nothing from what I have seen shows that they're legit. Well, the thing that they did is they made they made a lot of moves that look good. They got Antonio Brown. That looks great. Best receiver in the league, and it's not close. Yeah. Besides, maybe DeAndre Hopkins, but um, they still they they got Josh Jacobs. I think he'll be good. I don't think he can be all that great. He's not going to be the fastest guy. He's not the strongest guy. He's not the shiftiest guy. So he's going to be an average, pretty good, you know, pretty good running back. And then in defense, they filled. They filled like holes. Mm-hmm. They got one offensive lineman instead of fixing the offensive line. Right. They got one wide receiver instead of fixing. So you're like, well, we got a good right tackle, a good receiver. We got um, a good D lineman and Clell and Farrell. Yeah. And, but nothing, they don't have an identity because you're, you're chopping your team up mm-hmm. and your cap space is going to different places. You need to have a great defense 
great wide receivers or a great offensive line and have that group that separates you from everybody else, not half fixing every little issue that you have. Yeah. Yeah. I agree too. Uh, They just need, they need more of an identity and on defense, I don't know really other than Farrell. I don't know who they're planning on stepping up and, you know, leading that defense. Um, I'll be interested to see that. Also this Antonio Brown thing, I know we've talked about it a lot before, but he's a handful, man. He's a handful in the locker room. Like, at like, what point he's just going to snap and just not show up for his Sunday game? Like, I mean, that's a real possibility. That he could just, yeah, that he, he just could just not show not up. Not show up. I mean, he's that kind of, yeah, he's an emotional guy. And this whole helmet thing, I mean, the the management's getting pissed off. I'm sure the players are getting pissed off. And he's not getting reps with the, you know, the guys that practice if he's not showing up. Yeah. I think now he's starting to report. But he filed a second grievance. For his mm-hmm. helmet thing. So I'm just like, dude, wear a different helmet. Like, yeah. it's really not that hard. But I'll be excited to see what they do. I don't think it'll, I don't think they'll, you know, get close to making the playoffs um, or anything like that. It's just tough to see right now in, in preseason. You know, we have guys like Daniel Jones who has played well um, in the preseason. But I was watching first take the other day and they're like, is Daniel Jones competing for QB1. And I'm like, not really. Because, listen, preseason is preseason. Okay, you're going up against twos. You're not going up against the ones. You're not facing the toughest competition possible. Now, I was not high on on Daniel Jones coming out of the draft. Was anyone here high on Daniel Jones? No. Worst pick ever. So, I still hold that. his, His play has not changed my mind. At all this preseason. I need to see what he looks like in regular season versus first-team starters. Yeah. Now, do I think Eli is good? No, I don't think Eli is good at all. Um, but I still am not taking him out of the starting role until I know Daniel Jones can handle it. Yeah. And really, my mindset has changed. When I was, you know, when I first started really watching football and getting into it, I was always on the mindset of these rookie quarterbacks need to play immediately. Like, if you drafted a quarterback in the first round, he needs to play immediately. Now, I'm thinking, hold the brakes. Just be patient and let this guy sit and watch a year and see what it's really like to play in the NFL. Because I think a lot of guys have gotten in trouble from their teams throwing them in the fire and they get rattled and they don't know how to... NFL is so much different than college football. It's way different. And to have these guys just thrown in there like that without any prior NFL experience, like with that level of play, I think just sets them up for failure. Now, as a fan base, if I drafted a quarterback number one overall and that's my guy, like that's my team, I'm, I would say I would want him to play very first season of the game yeah. or very first game of the season. But I think it's just taking that step back and being like, is it better for him to start immediately? Or is it better for him to get playing time? And do you think he develops better that way? What do you guys Let's think? Let's be bad for a year. Maybe get him some garbage snaps. Um, like week 16, 17. Or weeks, I guess, 16. What am I saying? Week like 15, 16. And um, let him get some time like that. Then just throw him in immediately. I'm all for that. Letting him sit for a year and... Maybe, you know, just watch. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Gauge the speed. Uh, I, I agree with Ross. I think a little bit pertains to personnel, too. You don't want to throw your first uh, first overall pick quarterback out there if your offensive line is from the school of the blind. Mm-hmm. So if you got – if the offensive line is a strong suit or maybe your receivers and that's something that he could ease into – but if you're going to a team that just like has no help and you're just grasping for anything, then you need to wait a year. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, it's just a waiting game. People are not patient enough to to do that. And it has a lot to do with personnel, as you said. Um, speaking of personnel, this USA basketball team has Yikes. been so weird. Yikes. So weird. I saw that um, Kuzma got hurt. Yep. And that's why he didn't make the final roster. He didn't make the final roster, and, you know, uh, half of it is the Boston Celtics, you know, Literally. with Jason Tatum and all that. So, 
But they lost yesterday. Was it today or yesterday? Yesterday that they lost. They lost yesterday to the Australia. Yeah. And that hasn't happened since what'd you say, two thousand six? Yeah. Let me let me find that tweet again. It was something crazy like that. But that does not yeah, surprise since 2006, me. Two thousand six. They'd won seventy eight straight games. But that does not surprise me. No. Because I knew this team did not have the the, the stars that it did in previous years. Like where you have all these guys just opting not to play and a bunch of young guys. Now, I'm fine with it. I don't really care. I mean, honestly, like it's USA basketball. Like I enjoy it, but it's not like it's like a life or death thing where we no, yeah. have to win every year. Um but I think it's for these. I think it's good for these guys to play with Popovich and play with each other um, on this team, and it'll be a learning experience for them. And but I, I was really not surprised to find out that they lost. Yeah, we'll see how they do. They have one more exhibition game against Canada um, before going to the World Cup in China. Okay. So they play the Czech Republic on September first. The USA does. Okay. So it'll be interesting to see how they do in the World Cup. I mean, if they if they get bounced first, second round, that's that's pretty big time. That is really big time. That, that turns is, into some big news. It's yeah, it's a red flag for sure. Um, yeah, they just need to um, get out of their heads. I don't know. I don't. I don't know what the final score was to the Australian game. Ninety-eight, was, ninety-four. Okay, so it was a close game. It wasn't like yeah, it wasn't super bad. Um, yeah, so. We have, you know, just to recap, we've gone through, you know, the horrendous Popeyes, uh, you know, 80-yard field, the Green Bay Packers, and the Raiders. I think it was the Raiders' fault. From what I ever, everything I heard, the Raiders went there because they wanted an extra 500K. Like, it was all about money. I'm like, really? It was a multi-million dollar business and you're worried about 500K? And you went there and this whole, you know, the crap hit the fan and... That's what people are going to remember from the rest of this preseason, you know, little session is the fact that we played on an 80-yard field. Like, mm-hmm. was that worth it for real? Um, so we have that, and then we have um, – I saw something interesting. Speaking <laughs> of college football today, um, <laughs> Kirk Herbstreet, you know, well-known college football guy, said that um, the top – the top four teams going to be in the playoff are Clemson, Alabama, and Texas, and then Georgia. Georgia. With Texas being a four seed and Georgia being a three seed. Alabama and Clemson being one and two. Now, Cameron and I talked about this a little bit before the pod. Texas, as much as, you know, he and I are OU fans. As much as we hate Texas... We were talking about recruiting and how the best recruits end up really going to Texas. They're from Texas. When you look at OU and their starters, a lot of those guys are from, you know, Dallas area, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, and so a lot of these guys want to stay in, you know, in that area, so they go to Texas. Now, <clears throat> you really notice this when you watch games and you see the size difference between OU and, and Texas on the defensive side, for sure. Um I will never say I'm, I'm biased in the fact that I think OU will probably be in that four spot, but I don't know. Texas being number four, do, you, do we think Texas has the ability to jump up and be in the top five of the college football? My only concern for Texas is their margin for error seems really low. Like for them to get into the four-team playoff, I feel like they almost have to go undefeated yeah, or, or lose – Obviously, lose once to OU, and then they'd have to beat OU in the championship game. Like that's the only way I see Texas getting in. I agree with you on that. I think Texas, like you said, the small margin of error. They everything would have to fall in place for them to get there, which could happen. But to me, right now, it, it's a hard. It's hard for me to take any team but Clemson or Alabama seriously, because I look. And everybody else besides Clemson and Alabama, there's, like, the next tier. It's, like, OU and Georgia. LSU can kind of slip in there. They've got a better coach now, and their their defense is insane. And um, some of those teams can maybe 
squeeze in there, but Clemson and Alabama look like NFL football teams. Yeah, they do. Compared to everybody else. No, there's not any other there's not a team where I can look at and say I think they have a chance against Bama or Clemson. Yeah. They yeah. just they don't. I agree with that. And so I think those two spots are secured for the playoff. Number one, number two, Bama and Clemson. Hundred percent. Now, what do you think? Who do you think your next your next two in are? I'm trying to be okay. What I'm about to say, I said I'm an OU fan, but I'm 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 about to go back on my word as an OU fan. Unless our defense is some massively improved team, I don't think we'll make the top four because. We got exposed bad last year for our defense. Our, we have got to figure something out over there. And for the past few years, I am not confident that it will be figured out. So that my opinion might change going into the season. But right now, they are not the, they are not my top four. Um, however, I think Georgia is really good this year. I think Georgia could be really, really good this year. Uh, and I would say they make the top four. I think they they join Alabama as the SEC teams that come into the college football playoff. Now, um, I think really I, I like LSU. I like that team, but I also really um, I'm really high on Ohio State. Ohio State is also very good, but now they have Dwayne Haskins is gone, and so the new quarterback will have to you know. Step up and, and find some find some spot to uh, to really excel. Um, as I'm thinking about it and I'm looking at our list, there's not a whole lot of these teams in that six to ten range that I think I'm comfortable saying will make up to the top four. Like we have teams like Michigan. Actually, I have something about Michigan that I want to discuss later. But Michigan, I don't think they'll make it into the top four. I don't think Florida will. Definitely don't think Notre Dame will. And then Texas. Texas just kind of depends on what they really are this year. If Texas comes out and they're firing on all cylinders, maybe. Maybe they can get in that top five area. But right now, I'd say my top four would be Clemson 1, Alabama 2, Georgia 3, and Ohio State 4. Yeah. I think... Uh, I mean, it's pre. I mean, it's before it the season even starts, so it's would hard you, to say. Did you say 3 and 4? Georgia and Ohio State. I do like Georgia... I think Georgia's going to end up being one of the four. Um, I almost said LSU for four. I kind of want to go like dark horse and say like somebody like Oregon, just like go kind of crazy. You know, what? Oregon's got one of the best offensive lines in college football. Yeah, and they got a good they got a good quarterback. They back got there a, too, Justin, yeah, Herbert. Justin Herbert. Yeah, so I think Oregon could be like my dark horse dark horse pick. Yeah, not saying that I think they would make it, but I think. I know Texas. I do think Texas is going to be pretty good this year. Yeah, I think OU and Texas. I, it'll be. It won't even be close in the Big Twelve. No one else will get it. No one else will even get no. close. Who do you think? Cameron? I'm going to take things a little different. Oh boy, a little different. So, my mm-hmm. number one and two. Number one is Clemson. Number two is Alabama. Three, I'm going to go with Ohio State and say because. They've transferred. Justin Fields transferred there. Mm-hmm. He was the number one dual threat quarterback two years ago, coming out of high school. Got stuck in Georgia behind um, Fromm. Fromm, yeah, who's a great quarterback and was older, so they weren't going to play him. Mm-hmm. But I think people forget, which it's high school talent. You know, stars don't necessarily mean anything, but the number one dual threat quarterback in the nation. Two years ago is now about to start at a very prestigious program with a great running back in J.K. Dobbins, mm-hmm. and then um, they have uh, they've always had good receivers. Their defense is always strong, fast, plays hard. Yeah. Always have a good secondary, and so I'm going to go with them at a three, and then four, I'm going to go with Texas. Texas, you're going to keep with Kirk Kirk Herb Street. I'm going to keep Texas in there, and it it, it I'm starting to sweat. Because I'm saying it, but I got to put my put who I like aside and looking. I think Texas can be the most complete team to get in the fourth. I think they're more. I think they're more dominant. They're more physical, and they have a higher ceiling than OU does, mm-hmm. than Georgia does. They their potential 
is to potentially upset Bama. Yeah. They have that potential and those athletes that Bama like Bama's defense. Bama's defense looks like they it's better than half the NFL's defense. Yeah. So I think they can get in there, but either way, Bama and Clemson are gonna more than likely double whoever they play score and play each other, go down in the fourth quarter, last minute, probably last minute field goal's gonna win it all. Yeah. That's a really good point about Justin Fields. I forgot that he went to Ohio State. Yeah. From Georgia. He was yeah. like the next big thing, and yeah, he just got stuck. Yeah, for sure. So see how he does. I think for Texas, it really boils down to coaching. The the, the coach has got to be able to lead those guys and, and and coach well enough to lead those guys to where they can go. They have potential. They have they have a really high ceiling, but they're being stopped by their coaching. Their coaching because there's just been so much turnover lately. You don't know who you know. There's not enough a strong enough you know head coach that can you know stay with these guys. Maybe they're buying into this guy. I don't know. But speaking of head coaches, I wanted to get into Michigan a little bit because <laughs> Jim Harbaugh has just been sucking it up. And and I say sucking it up, you know, most teams would be okay with a 10-3 and three record. Last year he was 10-3. and three. Most, most teams would be okay with that. But for Jim Harbaugh at the University of Michigan, to lose to Ohio State, what is it, like five or six years in a row they haven't beaten Ohio State? Yeah. And it just seems like they lose so bad. Anytime that they're on the cusp of getting somewhere big, there's always something that happens. There's a, there's a hiccup, there's a trip, and it's and it's ugly. Like that game against Ohio State last year was ugly. I mean, it was Jim Harbaugh got railed, and so he also came out and said it's hard to compete against the cheaters. I'm like, first of all. I hate people who complain. People who complain and make excuses piss me off. Because who wants to hear that? I mean, honestly, what does that do for you to go out and say, oh, it's hard to, <laughs> it's hard to beat the guys in the cheating. Why don't you, Listen. Why don't you up your pitches? Exactly. Sell better. Like, that's... For real. And if they are cheating, like, which, granted, let's not be blind and, you know, Act like, yeah. act like the NCAA, like the college football teams, are not cheating. They yeah. are that is happening. So, Jim, maybe you have to bend your, you know, get off your high horse and get down there and you know do what the competition's doing, because if all you do is just make excuses, I'm thinking, I mean, Michigan's a prestigious university. Oh, like 100%. if you can't if you can't pitch that and sell that to your recruits, then maybe you have a problem. Yeah. Maybe you're just not good at what you do. Yeah. To get those recruits. Maybe, he, yeah, he needs someone to come in and help him recruit. I don't know. I don't know. Because I look at those guys that he has on that team, and, and you know, week in and week out, like, these are not elite level guys. Like, that quarterback that they've been playing, I'm like, they haven't had a good I quarterback hope there's in someone, years. I hope there's someone, like, waiting to come in because that guy is not going to lead you anywhere. I mean, you're not going to do well at all. I think again they'll get beat by Ohio State, and I don't know. Do you think Jim could be coaching for his job? Like, do you think that he's not done enough to where that he might be on the hot seat a little bit? I don't think he is, just because he. I mean, he does like consistently win eight to nine a year, right? But I mean, it does hit a point where you're like, well, if this is kind of his cap, then you got to look at that. Mm-hmm. I think he'll get put on the hot seat if he gets. If he gets a lot of good talent on a team and doesn't make it there, like yeah. if he if he does find that good quarterback and they still fall short, that's when they'll start to look and be like, "We're getting the athletes, like Texas. We're getting the athletes. We ain't got the coach." Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so we've been through all that, and uh, we you know we've gone through the eighty yard field, Popeyes, uh, Jim Harbaugh, a little bit of college football, a little bit of USA basketball. Um, and so that is, uh, that's it for this, this episode of street smart sports podcast. You got a little bit more of uh, a little outside of sports, but Hey, no one's going to complain about that. We'll be fine. Uh, so Ross or hang on cam. Thank you for joining us. We hope to see you again on this episode, uh, in future, you know, in future episodes. Um, We've enjoyed having you on, and uh, you know, any any parting words you want to say to our, our listeners? 
Oh, just thanks for having me, and let's see what uh, oh you can do this year. Let's see what they can do this year, Boomer Sooner. Ross, closing remarks. Closing remarks. We hope you enjoyed the Street Smart Sports podcast um, and enjoyed the content today. Um, please leave a like and a review. Sus- subscribe to our podcast. Um, and thank you, Cam, for being on today. Um, again, this has been the Street Smart Sports podcast.